0: at six feet tall, 215 pounds of bad bomb, felling from St. Louis Mo by way of the Ohio State University. And now Highlandwood, California, the CEO of the world's most dangerous website. It's the headline game. time. You cannot be overpaid. Repeat after me. You cannot be overpaid. I hate to go Mike Jones or Doctor Umar on you, but you cannot. Be overpaid. Now, you can be underpaid. You know, the cook at Popeye's, anybody that has worked at Target during Black Friday or done retail or waitresses or waiters, busboys, you can be underpaid for working hard, harder than most. Because you can't tell me the cook at Popeye's is not working as hard as a CEO of some company. So you can't be underpaid, but you can't be overpaid. And the reason why you can't be overpaid is nobody forces anybody to pay you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen to me again. No one forces anyone to pay you a certain amount. The reason I bring this up is sports. A lot of times you will hear that an athlete doesn't deserve or he's overpaid because he's got a certain contract. He's getting paid a certain amount of dollars and maybe he hasn't lived up to that contract, but he's not overpaid or she's not overpaid because no one forced that owner to give that player the money. Now you could be upset with management, You can be upset with the front office, the GM, the owner, but you should never be upset with the player for getting as much money as he or she possibly can. So when you look at Deshaun Watson, somehow, some way, even with everything that was going on, he was in a stronger position than he was before. Now, you can debate why or should that have been the case, but the facts were he was in a strong position, leverage wise. He had multiple teams bidding for his services. And when it looked like the Atlanta Falcons had won the contest for his services, the Cleveland Browns jumped in and gave him a fully guaranteed contract since that doesn't happen in the nfl not over 200 million dollars worth you know you can be kirk cousins and get 60 80 but 260 that's a little different 230 that's a little different so deshaun watson would have been a fool if he didn't take that money Because now it doesn't matter if he's trashed or not. He's going to get his $230 million. Now, obviously, owners were upset by this. Why? Because the NFL, which makes the most money, that has the best TV deals, the best ratings, the most revenue by far of any league in America, also has the worst contracts for their players. They are 90%, maybe 95%, pro owner. The contracts. Think about it like this. Look at your, a situation like Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, a running back. So he already is having issues right there. He's okay to really good in his first four seasons, you know, in the league. You know, then they decide not to pick up or his first three seasons in the league. They decided not to pick up his his fifth-year option. So he plays out his fourth year, looking to become a free agent, and he balls the hell out. Some would say that, at least for last year, he was the best running back in the league. At no time will his stock be higher than it is right now. But unfortunately, he'll never know what he can make on the open market because they put the franchise tag on him. So he has to play another proven year and then hope that he's able to hit the open market or can get a good contract. But what if he blows out of his knee? What if he doesn't have a good year? What if he only runs for 800 yards? He will never have his stock higher than it is right now because the NFL players wanted to want to smoke weed and didn't care about the franchise tag. I say all of this because Lamar Jackson is in an interesting situation. This has nothing to do on if you think or how you think Lamar Jackson, what, what number, top 10, top five, top 12. You know, it, none of that matters because right now we're talking about what someone is worth. And the situation is this. The Baltimore Ravens had plenty of opportunities to lock in Lamar Jackson. They should have did it early. They should have did it like the Bills did it. They should have did it like the Chiefs did it. They have ample opportunity to get under the market value. They saw what it could be. They saw what it's going to be because Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, they're coming. They saw this. They chose not to. They chose to wait it out. They couldn't hammer something home. And now they're in a situation where they don't want to pay him what he's worth. And like I said, it doesn't matter what you think of Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. The facts are he wins. Wins a lot when he plays. Now, if you don't want to pay him, let him go. If, just let him go. But NFL teams not like that. They like to hold you hostage, even if they don't want you. So Lamar has come out and said, you know, I asked for a trade at the beginning of the month. We're at the end of the month and nothing has happened. Other NFL teams are like, we can't keep giving out these guaranteed contracts. So the market is tepid. They prefer to rock with a young quarterback on a rookie contract and hope they get lucky with a, a Jalen Hurts or something like that. And Jalen Hurts is coming too. And, you know, spend the rest of the money to try to make a good team around. So Lamar Jackson is in a unique situation. The fact that he doesn't have an agent, NFL teams hate that. The NFL hates anything of independence. They see the league like the Army. You put your boots on, you follow instructions, you do what the, the guy before you did, and you stay and follow in line. And if you don't follow in line, they will make an example of you. The Ravens should do the right thing. They should help Lamar Jackson find a trade, get compensation for it, and move on. Because they are the ones that screwed this up. Let's just be honest. And the fact of the matter is, Lamar Jackson shouldn't ask for anything less than what Deshaun Watson uh, has gotten. But what people aren't telling you, and what the media is not telling you is this. is that Lamar Jackson has never asked for a fully guaranteed contract. And also, you have to remember that a lot of these agents and these media people, you know, they go hand in hand. So, you know, you have agents that don't want players thinking they can negotiate $200 million contract without them. So they go feed some information, some misinformation to some of your favorite NFL scoopers and insiders to make Lamar Jackson look bad. How is this going to end? I don't know. The facts are that there are teams out there that we know, if you put Lamar Jackson on them, based on his track record, they will be a lot better than they were yesterday. But we have to see, because the shield, the NFL shield, in some cases, is more important to these owners than trying to win a Super Bowl. And that says a lot. Smarten up, players. Maybe next time, a little less on the... F- and more on getting some freedom. So when your contracts are up, you can make the most money when you have the most value. They got Kang the Conqueror, Jonathan Majors, who's been on a historic run, a 1985 Villanova Final Four style run, back-to-back movies that uh, were number one, over $100 million. First week, domestic box office. Big, big money. He's uh, the future of the MCU, the big bad uh, of the MCU. He's going to be seeing a lot of a lot of kings and a lot of different things, but he got caught up. And, you know, with black men, it's, you know, it's always guilty and uh, proven innocent. And, you know, I don't know what happened in, in the taxi cab, but I, I would assume, I'm just assuming now, that... If it happened in a taxi, there would be like some witnesses to what happened. This wasn't like in a, a dark alley or a private hotel room. But what I found interesting was, and this is uh, it's an interesting thing about society now. As soon, as soon as something negative came out of the bottom, all these people start coming out the woodwork. Oh, I knew this. He's this. He's a psychopath. He's an abuser. Blah blah blah. And like, hey, listen, sometimes that's true. Sometimes, you know, people put up a good public face and a uh, monsters behind the scene. But it's just interesting to me how people seem to wait until something happens and all of a sudden they knew the entire time this this guy was terrible, this girl was terrible, et cetera, et cetera. But you didn't do nothing about it in in real time. Um so it's kind of not fair to the accuser or the accused, I should say, because how can you defend yourself against something like that? So let's say it comes to find out that Jonathan Major's uh, side of the story is true. It's, it's too late now. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, he's not going to go to jail or or anything like that. But now his reputation has been soiled, regardless if it's true or not. I mean, sometimes people just have vendettas against you, or they just don't like you for a specific reason. And sometimes they can take that specific reason and kind of expand it out that that's how you are to everybody, which is not necessarily uh, the case. But it's just another example, unfortunately, for all of us, that when you reach a level of success, uh, there are going to be people that aren't too happy about that. <laughs> and if they aren't too happy about it, they're, they're going to go out of their way to to bring you down with them, down in the dirt. So, like I said, I don't know what happened in the taxi cab. If, if he did what he's accused of and these things that are being said about him are, are true, then you know, he should be punished to the fullest extent of the law and those things should be exposed. Uh, but, you know, these things go both ways. If it comes to find out that it's it's not true, and, and they have witnesses and, and video that, that shows that he didn't do what he's accused of, you know, how do you put that rabbit back in the hat? You can't. It's the society that we live in now. It's scary to be honest, it's really scary because it you know you look at what happened to Michael Irvin. Uh, Michael Irvin has a not even a two minute conversation with the person in the hotel lobby. You know he nothing crazy about it from the video at least, maybe animated. Mike maybe had a, a few too many, but there was some laughing, there was some joking and. Everybody went about their way and cost this man potentially his, his job. <laughs> two minute conversation. Just a two minute conversation. That's caught on video. What if it wasn't caught on video? You got a white woman accusing a, a black man. And you know, they, they said that Mike said, has she ever been with a big black man inside of that? That just don't quite sound right. So you tell me Michael Irvin, uh, you know, just in the middle of a hotel lobby, somebody doesn't know in less than two minutes. Ask, you know, I mean, ever had a black man inside? Yes, you? you know, I don't know. Seems to me from watching the video that her manager was more upset she was talking to Michael Irvin uh, than she was about talking to Michael Irvin, and maybe she had to put some hot sauce on the story to make sure she doesn't get fired because you can't get fired if you say somebody is harassing you. But how does Michael Irvin get back his name? What if it wasn't any video? What if he didn't do a lawsuit? Why did the NFL Network and ESPN didn't give him any, you know, fair, fair calls? You see what I'm saying? Like you don't even get an opportunity to defend yourself. Michael Rivers, I I was in my hotel room all night. I didn't. I was. I didn't touch anybody inappropriately. I didn't say anything inappropriate. I had a two minute conversation and went into my room. And you're going to suspend me for that? You're going to take away my, my living for that? But that's where we're at right now. And it's scary. It's a very, very scary situation. It makes you want to, you know, stay in the house. <laughs> it makes you not want to talk to people. You know, you... Because you, you... here's the situation. Let's, let's say you're at a bar. and say somebody's flirting with you. And you start flirting back. But then the next day they, you know, you you had a ball, you know, it was your co-workers. And the next day your coworker go to HR and saying, hey, you know, you know, James, you know, said said he liked my dress. Said my booty looked nice, didn't it? Next thing you know, James don't have a job. J- just off of that. Even though they were both flirting with each other. So James should be like, well, she sat down to me put her hand on my knee. <laughs> we drank together. We laughed together. We watched the game at the bar. What about that? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Be safe out there, my friends. That was an interesting uh, conversation between uh, Dan Lebertard and Stephen A. Smith. And Dan Lebertard said, you know, he hate that Stephen A. and Skip brought in this new wave of hot take uh, journalism. Obviously, Stephen took exception uh, to that. And and I can understand, actually, from uh, Stephen A.'s perspective because, and even Skip's perspective, to be honest, because they both are old school newspaper uh, reporters. And that's, you know, that's how they got their start like and this is before social media some sense, this is before the internet <laughs> and skip's uh situation at least and 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 they're like you know we paid our dues to to get to where we're at we, It wasn't like we just popped up one day and all of a sudden you know we was making these millions and millions of dollars. We had to grind for it you know Stephen A's had ups and downs you know, in his career before he's gotten to where he was, you know, today. So I get what he's saying. Now, with that being said, it wasn't so much a skip in Stephen A., but, but there has been a shift uh, in journalism. And they are seen as the faces uh, of that, of where we've gotten to the point where, you know, People are just saying stuff <laughs> to uh, get a reaction to go viral. Uh, a lot of times, it's not even like the kids that are, are kind of growing up in the game, or journalism students, or things of that nature. It's, it's former athletes uh, who get into the business and who don't really have uh, any type of any type of background. Um, in journalism, and, and they want to make money, they want to be the next Charles Barkley or, or whatever it may be, and they're just saying all type of uh, crazy stuff. Now, with that being said, we have to deal in reality, okay? I don't lie to you guys. We have to deal in reality. And, you know, if I was 20-something right now, I wouldn't care so much about being able to to make a, you know, write a thousand-word you know, article on you know who's the, the MVP, Jokic or or NB. But I would be on TikTok, I would be on YouTube, I'd be on Instagram, I would be doing videos every day. I'd be to have a YouTube channel, you know, because you can do that when you you know you're 22. You know, you have a you know, as much responsibility, and I would be building my brand up uh, from there. Uh, because we have to deal with reality, it's 2023. You know, to to get to where you want to go, you're going to have to have a a social media presence um, and a following. Back when I came up, you you started a website, and that's that's really not necessary these days. I wouldn't even advise it. Uh, financially, it's, it's not as viable. You'll be you'll be more you'll be more apt to try to get your subscribers to your YouTube channel or, or TikTok or Instagram. You'll be more likely to make money, you know, that way than you know doing it the old fashioned way like we used to do. You know, old, old uh, Yahoo GeoCities way. The written format is not uh, as prevalent. As it as it was in the past, and yeah I mean it's it's I mean it's not Stephen A and Skip Bayless's fault it's well, what do I always say don't blame don't don't blame the supplier, blame the user okay These guys are popular making millions of dollars because you, the consumer uh, are watching them listening to them, making them you know relevant, making them famous. I guess that's maybe the the biggest deal. It's like, you know, journalists didn't used to be personalities. You know, if you go from like you know, I think news journalists, yeah, but not sports journalists. You know, if you if you look back and know your history, right, you know, you you think maybe like Howard Cosell. Okay, that's a but, you know, he was more TV. You know, you didn't really see people that were primarily news writers, sports writers, they really wasn't famous. They were local. You know, you knew about them locally. You knew your local beat writer. But they weren't famous. These guys are celebrities now. They walk red carpets. They're not just reporters. It's entertainment. You don't watch First Take. You don't watch Undisputed. You don't watch Get Up. You don't watch all... You watch that stuff for entertainment you want to be entertained that's why they talk about the lakers and lebron or tom brady or the cowboys because that's what most casual people want to hear about they don't want to hear and like i said this is a consumer thing they want to hear about the sacramento kings they want to hear about lebron 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 cowboys 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 that's how it works Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. Stephen A. Smith was like, man, we don't care about no hockey. <laughs> it's not our audience. Just being honest. People got upset about it, but it's true. It's honest. You have to know your audience. I was, I was talking to someone the, the, a couple of weeks ago. And like, I'm like, you, the only way you can survive is always tweak what you're doing to your audience. The numbers don't lie. The numbers tell you what direction you need to go in. The, the I'm sure the audience and the, the viewership and the things tell Stephen A. where to go, tell Skip Bayless where to go. And I don't see that changing anytime. I, I was talking to my wife about how you know 10 years ago it was different than it was 10 years prior to that. So I don't know what the next 10 years is, is going to hold within sports media it can be something totally different you know you know what if there is no uh, tiktok or facebook or or twitter in in 10 years i mean you can kind of see the way things are kind of going and and you start to wonder what's going to be the new thing you, you know you feel like you know like social media some of the the what the legacy social media is kind of running its course, doesn't quite pop the way that it used to to pop. You know what does the next ten years hold? I don't know. I don't know. I'm blessed to still be around, honestly, and and still being able to make a a decent living, more than a decent living. It's, it's a blessing because it's, it's not. Normal in, in the way that things have, have gone, it really isn't. It's is not a normal uh, type of situation. And you know, when you're when you get older, you know you don't have time. You can't do thirty TikToks uh, a day. Can't do a bunch of YouTube. You know, you you have family. You have responsibility. You're just old. You just always don't want to do it. So I, I don't know that. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting conversation. Uh, so I was, Stephen A. on his podcast was. You know, he's, he's he's a performer. I guess that's the only way I can explain it. You know, you see him in person, he's mild-mannered, he's polite, he's soft-spoken. But he, you know, he, he understands how to, he's almost like a wrestler. You know, he, he, the WWE, AEW knows how to work a crowd. It's like the rock of, you know, of of, of ESPN. He's like the rock of ESPN, and he, how long that's going to last, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe another 10 years, maybe another five, something. You just, you, really, it's hard to predict how things are going to go. Everything is always such in flux for the majority of the time. But, you know, for the people that say, oh, I hate Skip, I hate this, I hate these guys, and such and such, and Kendrick Perkins, and, all of that stuff. Well, you if you consume it, then they're just going to keep doing it. Like, I thought the Kendrick Perkins stuff with, with Jokic and Embiid and the races, I, I thought that was stupid. Like, in the sense that, don't get me wrong, there's, there's a lot of racism in the world and in sports and in sports media. But when you start putting it on things that don't really matter, then the things that do matter get overlooked. You understand what I'm saying? And it's, it's, as a black man, you know, it's hard. You can't just dismiss it. You know, you don't want to Uncle Tom it. You don't want to, uh, you don't want Jason Whitlock it. So you you have to navigate it the right way without just saying, well, this is, this is dumb. <laughs> you know, this is stupid. You know, Jokic is Serbian. <laughs> Dirk was, what, German? And Nash is Canadian. It's not like, you know, they were, you know, we had to see where they were on January 6th. You know, they're not MAGA. Now, there's always been a problem with, the, you know, the majority of media, white males, and the majority of players, at least in the United States, for our major sports or especially NFL and, 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 and uh, basketball, are black. So there's always going to be a little bit of a disconnect with that. You see it with the players and the media all the time. But you got to be careful with, with where you throw out your racism. Like is this, you know, an env- is, is an MVP award where we want to focus where we feel like there's uh, uh, some racism in sports? <laughs> you know, where, you know, three white guys or non-black guys because they're foreign, <laughs> you know, won the award in the last, what, 25 years or something? It's not like the brothers are getting, you know, locked out. And it's an award that is voted on, so it's like asking who's the best rapper. It's always going to be some discussion over that. It's always going to be some we feel that this guy was better than, than than that guy. That's just the way it goes. My thing has always been is the person that won are they deserving? Not that, and and I say that just is like. Are they actually an excellent player? <laughs> you know, do they have an excellent season? Do they do MVP type of things? And so when you look at Jokic, like, sure, of course. Center averaging a triple double. You know, on a team that's the number one seed in the West. That's that's pretty much the type of criteria that you look for in an MVP. You know, same thing with Embiid and and, and Jason Tatum and Giannis. They all have have had MVP seasons, and and what I said, like, why are we talking about this in the middle of the season? Let it play out. It's two weeks left. If if Jokic drops a triple double in every game in the last two weeks, he, he might might become the MVP third three times. If NB goes on a run and the Sixers are the number one seed and he's killing everybody. They might be the number. He might be the MVP. It's just, why, what are we even talking about? But that you got to have content to drive, move the needle. The content has to move the needle. You have to, if you don't say crazy things, if you're not getting into these arguments, you fade away. There's a lot of good journalists that are on ESPN. Write about a lot of stuff, but if I ask someone in the street, like who you you know who do you know that does uh, basketball at ESPN, they're gonna say Stephen A. Smith. They're gonna probably say Kendrick Perkins. They're gonna say Walsh. Maybe like Redick and Jason Williams. Not gonna know anybody else. They're not gonna know the people that do the. If you go to the beat reporting and, and do the every day, they're not. And you got to be careful when you're talking about diversity because what is really diverse? If you look at who is on these panels, right? Yeah, Stephen A. Smith, that's great. Who else? They're all ex-NBA players. They're all ex-NFL players. Oh, it's a white guy from a New York radio station that's been known for 100 years. It's not as diverse as you think. What opportunities are these young black men getting? When the last time you've heard ESPN promote anything from their, you know, culture or website? They have good stuff on there, but when's the last time that they promoted? If you go look right now, you put their site against mine, I I get two, three million more visits a month than them. And they're connected to ESPN. I mean can, ESPN can put them on the homepage and double, triple what I would get in a the day. They choose not to. They choose to let the writers promote, but they can't compete with me because I have a bigger, bigger name, bigger stories. I'm more. They're more interesting. They may be shorter. They may be more fluff. But people are more interested in it because, you know, people are gonna you know blame me for the long headlines because <laughs> I see them now. Am I gonna get some credit for that? I see the New York Post and the Daily Mail. I see the I see it. I see some of these local websites like wow that's a really long and and uh, specific headline. I don't recall you ever doing that before. It's just the way. Media is. So if you're young if you're a young person and you're listening to this, a couple of things. Um be careful uh, about who you confide in and who you hang out with and things like that nature. You don't want to get Jonathan Majors or BSO'd at that at, at, at that point. But uh focus don't listen to people. Focus on your high takes. Say crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean, make it reasonable, but put your opinion out there strong. Make sure they're strong opinions, whatever they are. Call out people. You have to be like the WWE. Make them take notice of you. Do it in a you know professional way. Don't burn any bridges, but make it be known you're coming. Before I get out of here, I just want you to understand something about Life and society and just in general, especially if you're a young person, because this is important stuff. This is important stuff to know. Um, longtime NFL reporter uh, Jim Trotter uh, announced that his contract is, is not being renewed uh, with the NFL and the NFL network. Now, you might say to yourself, there's nothing unusual about that. Contracts are not renewed. There's been a lot of layoffs and firings and cost-cutting when it comes to uh, media uh, lately. Uh, There's going to be some uh, layoffs with with ESPN uh, coming shortly. But the reason that I bring this up is that Mr. Trotter, for two years in a row, uh, asked Roger Goodell at his uh, annual Super Bowl press conference, uh, about the lack of diversity in upper management when it came to the NFL network. Now it should be noted that the NFL network does have a decent amount of black reporters uh, that aren't ex-players uh, on staff. Uh, I will say that. But what Mr. Trotter was speaking on was the fact that the, upper management, uh, at the NFL network, basically the people that make the decisions, um, the ones that are in control, uh, even though the majority of players are black and, and there's a lot of black media at the NFL network, uh, there was no black people in, in upper management. Now, two years ago, he asked Roger Goodell about that. And, uh, Goodell said they would look into it and then try to do better and et cetera, et cetera. You know, all that type of talk. Um, obviously within the year, Mr. Trotter felt like not enough work had been done. So he brought it up again. Uh, a few months ago, uh, well not, a, not a few months ago, last month, I'm um, in Arizona and he asked Roger Goodell, hey, it's been a year. Actually, this last year there has been no changes. Nothing is no movement on this front. Um, what's the problem? And you know, Goodell was agitated, you can say, uh, by the line of questioning. Uh, and then, you know, you fast forward to, you know, a month and a half later, and, uh, Mr. Trotter's out of a job. Uh, Mr. Trotter is one of the better, um, uh, NFL reporters. So it's not from, you know, it's not like he's not out here working or doing his job. Uh, it's hard to say that it's a coincidence, uh, but it does give you an interesting perspective on if you're young, a black person in media. You know how far do you push uh, internally about certain things, um, and can you get away with that? <laughs> because what a lot of people don't understand, a lot of people want you to do a lot of things. They want you to say. A lot of stuff. They want you to push back against a lot of things, but none of those people pay your mortgage. Okay, none of those people pay your car note. No, no one's paying the, the daycare for your kid or the, your schooling or your your, your boys' or son or whatever daughter's in college or wants to go on a field trip or whatever it may be. So there's definitely a fine line with something like that, but it tells you how big the NFL is. Is that this is no way that this is a coincidence? But they did it anyway, and they're like, well, you know, what are you gonna do about it? We put in racism in the back of the end zone. It's patronizing to people, our people, to see stuff like this happen. But then you feel handcuffed about what you can actually do about it. And that makes it a double edged sword. Can you see it all the time? You know, ESPN does something stupid. But the people that are on ESP and Payroll can't particularly say anything about it. Same thing. I'm sure there are people at the NFL Network that want to say something today. But they can't. Because once again, the tuition for the kid is, is coming up soon, next semester. They want to stay off campus. They need help with an apartment. Somebody... The mom is sick. The dad is sick. Or it could just be, hey, they like going to vacation in Tahiti. They got a six-figure salary. They're happy about that. They're not, you know, they they making six figures. It could just be as simple as that. Like, I like to say something, but I like my six figures better. I like my vacations better. I like my car better. I like my house better. Could be as simple as that. Not not even anything, you know, like dire. It's like I, you know, I like money. I like my money. It's and I, I feel like you know, Mister Trotter will, will will find him another job. Like I say, he's an excellent, you know, reporter and everything. But maybe it's not as easy for for somebody else if they were to speak out. But this is the type of stuff that we should be talking about in regards to racism and prejudice and, and and things of that nature. Not Jokic and Embiid and who should be the MVP. I appreciate you listening. Be sure to subscribe to Headlines with Bobby Littow on all of your podcasting networks. Check out the site BlackSportsOnline.com for all the topics that we talked about today. You can follow me on Twitter at BSO, Instagram, and YouTube, BSO TV. You can check me out on TikTok, Robert Littell, BSO, and be sure to like our Facebook page, Black Sports Online. And for all of you that's been rocking with me for almost 20 years now with Dollar for life.